0: In order to test a hypothesis, we choose a suitable test statistic and calculate the p-value, i.e. the probability that we would obtain a more extreme test statistic than the one we have observed, assuming that the null hypothesis is true. If this probability is below the significance level, then we reject the null hypothesis and believe the alternative. This means that when the null hypothesis is true, We reject it whenever we get a suitable extreme test statistic. A test statistic so extreme that the probability of getting a more extreme one is below the significance level. Consequently, we reject the true null hypothesis with a probability equal to the significance level. Of course, rejecting a true null hypothesis must be considered an error. This is clearly not what we want to do we can lower the risk of this type of errors, the type one error risk, by using a smaller significance level. So the significance level is our accepted level of risk, a level that we have chosen to live with. Lowering the significance level makes it more difficult to reject the null hypothesis. The data have have to be less consistent with the hypothesis to be considered strong enough evidence to reject the null. Clearly, if we make it more difficult to reject the null hypothesis, we will also make it more difficult to reject the null hypothesis when it is false, when it should be rejected. This leads to another kind of error, the type two error, failing to reject a false null hypothesis. We cannot eliminate both risks, the risk of a type one error and the risk of a type two error. So we choose to control the risk of a type one error by choosing a suitable significance level. The risk of a type two error then depends on a number of things. It depends on how far the true parameter value is from the hypothesis value. If it is far away, then the falseness of the null will be easy to detect, and we will make fewer type two errors. It depends on the variation the standard deviation of the data. With less variation, it will be easier to see the system in the data, i.e. that the population parameter differs from the null value. So we will make fewer type two errors. It depends on the sample size. Larger samples contain more information and with more information, we will be better able to see that the population parameter differs from the null value. So we will make fewer type two errors. And finally, it depends on the test statistic. There's more than one test statistic for testing a given hypothesis and not not all of them are equally powerful. In this context, power is the probability of rejecting the null hypothesis. So we want to use as powerful a a test as possible. Luckily, the t-test we have met this week can be shown to be the most powerful test of of a hypothesis about a single mean when the data is normally distributed. It is the risk of a type two error that is the reason why we do not accept the null hypothesis when we cannot reject it. Clearly, the chance of detecting that the null hypothesis can be very small. I'll try that again. Clearly, the chance of detecting that the null hypothesis is false can be very small if the effect size the difference between the true parameter value and the null value is small. In our example in the video, the fact that we cannot based on the data rule out that there may be no systematic difference between the returns on the two markets may just mean that the difference is too small to be seen with this data. So we limit the risk of making mistakes by choosing a significance level a level of risk we can accept and using as powerful as a test and as large a sample size as we can get. We should also be careful to only use testing when we have a pre-specified hypothesis that we want to test. Only run the risk of making errors when the test is necessary. And we should be honest, we will not go fishing in the data after significant results we will not look at the data and then based on what we have seen in the data decide what hypothesis to test as this will invalidate the guarantee provided by the significance level and we will not test 20 different colors of jelly beans not without taking into account that we have tested 20 times there is one more thing that we will generally not do and that is to test one-sided hypothesis So far, we have tested the null hypothesis that the mean, or probability, is equal to the hypothesis value, with the alternative that the true mean, or true probability, differs from the hypothesis value. This is a two-sided alternative. We obtain a one-sided alternative, when the alternative is that the true mean is smaller or larger than the hypothesis value. Note that it is the alternative hypothesis that decides whether the test is two-sided or one-sided. It is not the test statistic, nor the p-value. It is the alternative that decides. When testing a one-sided hypothesis about a mean or probability, we use the same test statistic as when we have a two-sided hypothesis but we only use one of the tails to calculate the p-value as it is only either positive or negative values of the test statistic that are evidence evidence against the null hypothesis. The tail to use is the tail corresponding to values in favor of the alternative. Only using one tail implies that a lucky or dishonest Statistician will end up with half the p-value when using the one-sided test instead of the two-sided test, thus making it easier to reject the null. So one-sided tests may be a way to cheat. And as nobody likes to cheat, we will not use one-sided test because our peers would then suspect us of cheating. We will also not use one-sided test because reality has a habit of surprising us. Sometimes, even though we are absolutely sure that the true mean is larger than the null value, it turns out that the data indicates that it is in fact smaller. If we use the wrong-sided test, there is no way of making the right and interesting conclusion without actually cheating. And nobody likes a cheat. Finally, we will not use one-sided test because the approximate tests such as our test for single probability, which we met in the introductory lecture, the approximation works far better for two-sided tests than it does for one-sided alternatives. When approximating the p-value, one tail will be too small, the other too large, but using both tails as we do with the two-sided test, the two errors more or less evens out. So to summarize, Remember that whenever you test a hypothesis, there is a risk of falsely rejecting a true null hypothesis, as well as a risk of failing to reject a null hypothesis when it is false. We cannot make decisions without risk. We limit the risk of the former by choosing a significance level and the risk of the latter by using as powerful a test as possible. Be honest when you test and do not test hypotheses unless they are of interest. Do not use one-sided tests.